Good morning. Hope all of you are doing well. Today we're learning Maseches Moed Katan Davzain, and we're starting at the very top line. The next section of the Mishnah the Gemara is discussing reads as follows: The Yehuda Omer Misteha Ilan Kedarko, Misteha Lavan Shelo Kedarko. That when one needs to kill rodents in their field, and it's Chol Hamoid. So if it's a state Ilan, if it's a field of trees, so then the animals can be killed Kedarko. We assume that the animals are going to cause a hefsid. Uh, because they're very damaging to trees, these particular animals. And therefore, it's Kedarko. And we say, but when it comes to a grain field, Lavdavka, and therefore, we're not as concerned about their misbehaviors. And therefore, you can still trap them, but it, then it has to be Shalok Kedarko, some type of Shinui. Uh, let's get into some of the details here. Tana Rabbonon, Ketzad Kedarko. What was the normal way to trap rodents? So back in the day, this is what they did. They would uh, dig a hole that was connected to the network that the rodents would use underground. And they place a basket by one of the one of the holes that they dug in the ground. When the animal was there, they dropped the basket on. What's the abnormal way to trap the rodents in the field on Cholamoid? Basically, you take a, a long rod and you hit it into the ground and it shakes the ground and causes that the tunnels to collapse and it kills the animals that way. That's Bryce number one, just the parameters of what normal and abnormal would be. How does this translate Allah uh, I'm not sure, but uh, I would imagine that we would uh, deem rodents in our house to be uh, unacceptable. And we could probably do so Kedarko. Uh, it's really not our way of life. We're a bunch of istinous uh, people. So we probably could set up regular rodent and mouse traps in our homes. Um, we wouldn't view it as a Tircha Yisera, I presume. Says the Gemara, six lines down, another b'risa. Tanya Rabshun ben Elazar Omer, Amru, when the Chachanan told us, that in a grain field, that you cannot use a normal way because we're not concerned about the regular hafsid. That was only true. That's only true when the stay love in the grain field was near a city. However, if you have a grain field that's close to a tree field, so then as mentioned earlier in the Mishnah, because we're so concerned about the tree field that these rodents will ruin the trees, which would be a hefzid, so you're allowed to trap them. Because our concern is that they're going to leave the grain fields and that they're going to go into the tree field. And they're going to ruin the trees, and that's considered a significant hefset. So even though you're trapping in the state level, state level, we don't have all the concerns of hefset, and by the state Elon, we do. FLP came, you're still allowed to trap these animals, Kedarko, because it's only one step removed from the state Elon, from the tree field, and that is what we are concerned about. Two dots, quarter of the way down. We had said in our Mishnah, Omakranas appeared to the Moi, that one is allowed to fix something that's broken during Chol HaMoy. Let's discuss. Kate said, Makran, how can one fix a breach in the wall? Of Yosef Omar Buhutsa you can use uh, branches and, and twigs and something that's kind of more makeshift and not something that's permanent. Bimas Nisatana, that was a sheet of Rav Yosef, who's an Amora. And Bimas Nisatana in the Mishnah, we actually had a bit of a more lenient sheet of Tsar you can put rocks there, stagger them in a way where they're balanced. However, they can't be stuck together with mortar, uh, with cement. They just can be stacked there and that's considered reasonable as well. Omar of Chizda, the Rav Chizda taught us, Lo shanu, when do we learn that these two shitas apply, that we have the comment of Rav Yosef and the comment of the Mishnah, that either we can uh, fix the breach of the wall with Hutz of or we can fix the wall with rocks. That's only true, Ela Kosel Hagino. That's only true in regards to the 
to the uh, wall that it has a breach in it that is part of a garden. But if you have a, a wall of a, of a field that keeps privacy, that keeps that keeps uh, the boundaries of your house safe, then there are no leniencies. There's no hunavuts of a dafna. There's no, we don't, we don't follow any of the lenient opinions. You go to the store and you buy cinder blocks and you get mortar and you rebuild your chatzar, whatever it takes to rebuild a chatzar. That's considered acceptable. No one should be able to walk into your property. It's not the same thing as a garden, but there's very little risk. Says the Gemara, third of the way down, Zion of an Aleph Lema. Maybe we should say, that kosel hagochel soser ubona kedarko. That if you have a wall of a chatzar that's leaning over it for a rishus harabim, so what does this uh, brisa say? It says, so sir, you can destroy what's left of it, ubona kedarko, and rebuild it properly, because there's a danger involved. So it says the Gemara, no, that's not the same as our case. We're not discussing a, a case of danger. Awesome. In the case that you just quoted about the kotzal hagocha rishus harabim, that's talking about the kotani taimamibneasakana. That case was very specific about why you're fixing the wall. There's a danger, but if there isn't the danger, so that the cases are not comparable. Some say that this question about the uh, rickety wall was not asked in the frame of but it was asked as a regular question and it would look like this. Some would say, oh, I see that you have these shitas of Hutsivadafna and Tsarbitsror and Rabchista says that it only applies in a, in a gina, but in a in a chatzar, you're allowed to just rebuild. Oh, hold on one second, halfway down, Toshma. Maybe we should assume from that price that the only, the only way you're allowed to rebuild the walls when there's a danger. But if it's your chatzar, too bad. You, that's just too bad. It's Kolamoy, there's a sermalacha that day, and you're not allowed to rebuild your wall unless there's a sakana involved. Says the Gemara, maybe this should reject the sheet of Rabchizda that when there is a chatzer that has a breach in the wall that you're allowed to just rebuild. Says the Gemara, Amar Lach Rabchizda, Rabchizda would tell you, Hasam Sosir Bonem, Hachabon Velo Sosir. In the case of the Brisa of the Rishu Sarabim, so there we said that one is allowed to. Uh, to break it down, right? right, The parts that are broken, that, that's like leaning over, you could just raise it to the ground and start over. That's true on, and under those circumstances when there's a sakana. But in our case, yes, you're allowed to build, but you're not allowed to first raise it to the ground. That's his distinction. distinction. In the Brisa, where there's a danger, then you can break down the wall and rebuild it. But in a regular case where there's just a breach in a wall of a chatzar, yes, you can build, you can fill in the gaps. However, you're not allowed to first knock it down. That would be a violation of some semester malacha and cholamoid. The Gemara says, "Hasam nami listor below leave me." So maybe over there we should say that okay, if the wall is dangerous, in the case of the sakana and the brisa, the wall is dangerous, just knock it down, but don't rebuild it. Why? Why are we allowing so much malacha? Says the Gemara, if what you're telling me is that we have a wall, an important wall in Rosh Hashanah that separates public property, private property from private property or something significant. If you're telling me that I can only do stira, but that I won't do binyan, I'm afraid that someone's gonna say, I'd rather have the protection the protection of a, of a kosel ra'ua, of a weak wall, than to have no protection at all. I'm not just going to destroy the wall so that people can walk freely from one property to the next. That's not happening. And therefore they may end up withholding from 
breaking uh, breaking down the wall and rebuilding it from breaking down the wall at least and they'd rather have this wall and that's dangerous and that's not allowed our mishnah is namideka our mishnah is also meduya to what point we've learned a lot of pieces of information take a look at rashi here rashi is two-thirds of the way down our mishnah is also meduya kirochizda the gina eno bona the moed kedarko that Yes, the machlokes of Hutzvedafa versus Tzartzror applies to Agina. However, when it comes to a Chatzar, then you're born a Kedarko. So in regards to this camp over here of the Gina, so he's, the Gemara says that's Mashma in our Mishnah, that on Cholamoy is Shalok Kedarko. How so? Diktani uva Shviz born Kedarko. That in Shviz, and that we build a wall Kedarko. Says the Gemara, the Hecha, what kind of wall are we talking about during Shviz? Ilema de Chatzar, Tzri Cholamayma. What's wrong with building a wall during Shviz? Your wall, your chutzur fell down. There's no restriction. It's not Chol Hamoid. That can't be what the Shviz case was in our Mishnah. So therefore, what was the reference to restriction of building a wall during Shviz as the Gemara? It must therefore be El Alav to Gina. It must be that we're talking about the wall of a garden. And the Afal Gad, the Mirsi Kimanda Abid Nitirusa Lepire. And even though it appears that you're building a wall to protect your fruit during a year of Shviz, which is questionable, it looks bad, right? You're building a wall in your field to separate the different grains or whatever you're doing. It's, it's in the field, says the Gemara, even though it's Lagina, Shmamina, that it's Mutter. <clears throat> Next Mishnah. This Mishnah is going to be speaking about uh, Negoim, about getting Tzara'as. Um, and just a couple of uh, terms that we are familiar with. You have, we have a Mitzorah Muskar and a Mitzorah Bukhar. A Mitzorah Muskar basically is as follows. Let's say I wake up one morning and I, I see a splotch on my skin and I think that it might be Tzoras. So I go to a Kohen. The Kohen looks at this and he's like, it's not developed enough yet to say your tummy, but I still see something. So you're not really Tahor. So we basically quarantine the person. If after the first quarantine, that's his Muskar Rishon. If after the first quarantine, uh, the Kohen sees him and he still, it hasn't developed any more or any less. It still looks the same. We'd hold him for a second week. Uh, that's his uh, Muskar Sheni, his second week of quarantine. The third terminology, so it's Muskar Rishon, Muskar Sheni, that's all in the camp of uh, Mitzorah Muskar, of quarantining. However, there is a more simple category, which is the category of you're definitely a Mitzorah. So if you wake up in the morning, you have a splotch and you go to the Kohen, he's like, this is out of the textbooks and you're a Mitzorah. That's called a Mitzorah Muchlat, a definitive, absolutely, you're, a, you're an absolute Mitzorah. No Sveikos. Okay, let's jump in. Says the Gemara, Rav Meir Omer, When it comes to Chol Hamoid and Saras, if a person wakes up during Chol Hamoid with Saras, and they go to the Kohen. So says the Mishnah, we have a restriction. You can only be uh, posik for, for kulas when it comes to tzaras during Cholamoy. How does that even make sense? <laughs> that, even the second sheet in the Brisa doesn't understand that. <laughs> we don't pask in these shilas during Cholamoy. It's fascinating. That means that if a person thinks that, thinks that they have saras, they don't even bother going to the coin. They have to wait till after Cholamoy. We don't pass in these shilas on Cholamoy. Ah, you might be a, a Mitzorah. You're not a Mitzorah until you're told that you're a Mitzorah. So you have no saras yet. You don't have any Nagayim, even though you have Nagayim. Until a Kohen says, and we'll learn about this today. Until a Kohen says that you are a Mitzorah. 
you are not on the Torah. And there are times that we delay them categorically to prevent people from losing out on uh, on some uh, some possibilities in their life, be it Cholamoid, or we'll see about a chasen today. So this these, this is the machlokas that Rebbe Meir is of the opinion that we only paskin lekula and Cholamoid. But again, how do you do that? We'll see. And the Chachamim say, no, we don't paskin uh, nega tzaras shilas at all. The Gemara opens with a brayso. Tanya, Rebbe Meir Omer, Roman asan going lahakel avalo lahachmin. The mayor quoting it just like it did in the Mishnah that when it comes to paskening Shilas about being in the Torah, so then that has to be only the Kula, not Lachama. You can't paskin either of them because, and this is where we really get into the underbelly of, of trying to understand Rabbi Meir. He's like, Rabbi Meir, what are you talking about? Rabbi Yossi says, <laughs> If somebody shows you Tzaraz, it's possible that you can be Mekam, but what does it mean to look at a Tzaraz that requires you to be Machmer and saying nothing? What does that mean? How do you only paskin the Kula Rabbi Meir? That was Rabbi Yossi's question. And then the third sheet in the Brisa, which is a difficult sheet, as we'll see later, Amar Rabbi, Nir and Dibri Rebbe, Dibri Rebbe Meir Bimoskar, Rebbe is of the opinion that he agrees with Rebbe Meir that we only pass in the Kula, that we'll only give a lenient psak. And again, we haven't explained how yet, but Rebbe is of the opinion that we agree with Rebbe Meir that we only give a, a positive, uh, we only give a lenient psak when it comes to a person who's Bimoskar, a person who's quarantined. But he agrees with the Shita of Rebbe Yossi that we don't pass him at all when it comes to a person who's a mukhat. Okay, so let's see how all of this works. That was all tanoim. That was a brisa, three shitas. Rabbi Meir had said we're only lenient. Rabbi Yossi had said we don't paskin at all. And uh, Rabbi had this unique opinion, a blend of opinions, where Rabbi Meir was of the opinion uh, that only by a muskar and that by uh, and he, that he holds like Rabbi Yosef in regards to a mukhat. So, so in trying to understand this, this Brisa, uh, Rava comes to, to our rescue. Says the Gemara three lines from the bottom. Amar Rava, bitahor. If a person is currently a tahor, they wake up with a splotch on their arm, but currently they're tahor. They don't know what the tzaras is. Maybe they have psoriasis. So bitahor, when a person wakes up and they, they, they're still tahor, they haven't been paskin that they're a Everyone agrees that on Chol HaMoed, no Kohen is going to look at that person. Not at all, not even a possibility. So everyone agrees that if a person is currently Tahor, he doesn't have a psak on him that he's in the Torah, that we don't look at that on Chol HaMoed. In the first quarantine, so again, the first quarantine is this morning, I'm Tahor, I go to a Kohen with a Nega, and he says, I don't know, I got to put you in the quarantine. So toward the end of the first quarantine, the Kuleyama everyone agrees that the Kohen will absolutely check you on that day, even if it's Cholmoy. Ah, where's our Machlokas and our Mishnah? The Machlokas are Meir, Rabbi and Rabbi. Says the Gemara, as we turn to the top of Zion and Mabez, the Machlokas that we have between the two Shitas, between the three Shitas of Rabbi Meir, Rabbi and Rabbi, that's Behesker Sheni. That only applies in the end of the of the second quarantine. <clears throat> so how does the machlokes play out? Says the Gemara, Mar Savar Bikoin Talia Milsa. One Shita says everything is dependent on the Kohen Psak. Itahor Amar Leitahor. If at the end of quarantine number two, the nega has uh, has turned out to be nothing more than just a little skin rash, he'll tell him, you're tahor. But if in fact he's tame in the Hezger Shani in the end of quarantine number two, 
Shasik, the coin won't say a word. That's the sheet of Rameir. Rameir says we only dish out kulas on Cholamoid as it relates to Tsaras. It's really a remarkable thing to think about in Psakalacha. You get to look at something that you know as a Kohen, as a Posik, whatever, that this person is Tame, this woman's Anida, whatever, and you just zip the lip like you don't say a thing. It's an unbelievable shita. We're unfamiliar with these kinds of things. So the Gemara says that uh, that's, that would be Reb Meir. Umar Savar and Reb Yossi would say, you can't choose that. You can't choose to not say a psak. The Torah says, the Torah says, either to be Natar than Natsara or to be Natame. You're not allowed to not allowed to be quiet. You gotta say whatever the psak is, okay? It has Gershin, but it doesn't matter. That's the psak. It's not being insensitive, but it, it's the din. It's a, the Torah is, is a, it's Oker Harim. It's just what the halacha is, and you gotta move on. That's an unbelievable machlokas. And what's the third shita? And Omar Mar, Omar Rebbe Meir, Omar Rebbe, Rebbe had said this shita, that near and Rebbe, Rebbe, Rebbe Yossi, B'Mukhlat, that one approach is that we hold like Rabbi Yossi with a mukhlat, that we don't pask in anything. And Rabbi Meir b'Muskar, and by Rabbi Meir, we only give kulas by a muskar. The Gemara says that some people have a, a, the opposite, the reverse iteration of this, that he hold, that Rabbi holds like Rabbi Yossi b'Muskar, and like Rabbi Meir b'Muchlat, the reverse, says the Gemara, you're right. There's a machlokas in regards to Rabbi as to when he splits his shita as to when he holds like a mayor and when he holds like a Yossi. In one version, he holds like a mayor b'muchlat and Rav Yossi b'muskar. And in the other, it's the reverse. So says the Gemara, Tanoi hi aliba de Rebbe. And what is the machlokas between these two approaches? Says the Gemara, six lines down, mar savar tzav de alma adiv. When we give a lenient psak and this person gets to go back into society, so the first approach is that people really... Um, our, our socialites, and we don't want to be separate from the tzibur, and uh, we'll let him paskin on us. That's uh, the shita of Rav Meir. You can paskin on me. You can paskin on, on, on me. Lakula doesn't matter, and you can tell me that I can go back into the tzibur because now I get to be with the tzibur. Umar and one shita who says that I don't want you to paskin at all. That doesn't. He'd rather be in um, in quarantine, even as a muchlat, even as an absolute definite. Um, Mitzorah, because the halacha is that one can still be with their wife when they're Mitzorah. One says he'd prefer to be to be able to be with his wife than to be with the tzibur. Says the Gemara, there's a diuk in this Gemara that requires some research. The name is that to say the muchlat mutter the tashma shamita. You have a Mitzorah muchlat. He's allowed to have tashma shamita. And we wouldn't have thought intuitively on our own that if a person has a status of being that they should be mutter b'tashm shavita. Says the Gemara in, absolutely mutter. After all, the Bryce writes, this b'hatanya is b'nichusa. This is a gentle one and it's just supporting. It's not a question. Yes, it is mutter for a mitzora mukhla t'hatashm shavita. B'hatanya, as the Bryce writes, he has to be outside of his tent for seven days. And that means that's when he is counting the sphera of, of being a Mitzorah. That's getting out of being a Mitzorah. You know, the Pasuk says by Har Sinai that after the whole Har Sinai experience, <clears throat> Moshe told everyone, you can all go back to your tents, which was a reference to the Isser that he put in place of Al-Tik Shuel Ha'isha, that one is not allowed to uh, to be with their spouses for three days and three days of preparation for. So we know that an Ohel is a reference to one's spouse and Tashma Shamita. And Rabbi Yehuda Omer, 
There are the seven days that he has to count for. Listen to this. The only time there's a restriction is in the Yemei Sfiro, when he's counting. After he gets the Psaq of, yes, you were a Muchlat, you were definitely a Mitzora, and you're done now. Oh, so then he counts the Shavi Sfira, those days of counting, much like um, women do today for Hilchos Nida. Um, but during the time of being a muhla, Tash Meshamita's mother, you may sphero below you may chiluto. Rabbi Yossi Rehuda, Mershiva Selim Sphero, Kalbachome, Mime Chiluto. And Rabbi Yossi Rehuda didn't agree. <clears throat> he said, if you're restricted during you may sphero, then all the more so it's here, that's true during you may chiluto than when you're an absolute Mitzvah and Rukhia says, finishing up this brysa, and this is going to be the strong point of the brysa to show that Tash Meshamita's mutter for a Mitzorah Mokhla, when he has a Mitzorah. I was uh, learning and teaching Torah in front of Rebbe, Paskening a Shiloh. So it seems like Dante. doesn't mean he was Paskening, they were talking and learning. And Limad Tanu Rabbeinum, a Rebbe has taught us that Yosam uh, from Tanakh, Lo Hayalo He was conceived when Uziyahu was a Mokhla. That's correct. That's exactly what I taught. I said that. that that's what Rabbi had said. Therefore, we see that Tash Meshemita is mutter during the uh, Mechiluto when a person is most definitely in the Torah. Why, why the different shitas? Why is there a machlokas about this? We had seen a shita in this brisa of Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Huda, who says, So there's just a fundamental machlokas about sometimes how do we. Uh, darshan psukim, and that's what really what's going on here. Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Huda, Savar, the strict one, Goli Rachmana, Bimei Sviro, the Kol Shekin, Bimei he made a Kol Shekin. If the Torah says during your Bimei Sviro that you're uh, not allowed to be with your spouse, all the more so if you are, uh, by far, all the more so if you're going to be a, uh, a Mukhla. But he held that way. That's very Svardik, and we, we know that from a Zav, that a person's not allowed to be with a Zav, uh, not during Bimei Sviro, not during Bimei Ziva. So that kind of makes sense. And halfway down a little bit more, there's no room for a diuk over here. Whatever the Torah revealed is what the Torah revealed. During the Yemei Sfira, it's going to be Asa. The Torah didn't reference what uh, was going on during Yemei Chiluto. If there could be Tash Meshanita, therefore it's Mutter. The Torah only revealed what the Torah revealed. So that's their Machlokas. Says the Gemara, and this is fundamental to the idea of Mitzvah Lameimra, to be Kohen Talia Milsa. We learned at the top of the page that... Uh, this crazy shita just focusing in on Rameir. Let's look at the very top line of the page that we had said that it's all the coin Toyamilsa and Tahor Amarle Tahor Shasik. That's the top two lines. That if a person is Tahor, then the coin can be Tahor. And if the coin doesn't say anything, then you're not Tahor. Then you're not Tame, even if you have a big nega, it doesn't matter. So says the Gemara, how do we know that's true? In, yes, in fact, it is true that it's all the coin Toyamilsa. Tanya, after all, it says, Yom Har Osbo, on the day that you, the patient, show the nega to the Kohen, Yesh Yom there's a day when the Kohen will look at it, Yesh Yom and there are some days when you knock on the door of the Kohen and you say, I have a nega, he says, not today, I'm not Paschaling Shabbat, so you remain Tahor until further notice. Yes, it is all about the Psak of the Kohen. Bikan Amru from here, Chasam Shandolibo Nega, if a Chasam just gets married, uh, the day of the the day of the wedding, he uh, sees a nega, 
He's fine. We don't even don't even check him out. No snin low zine. You may have missed Low Ulavesu. We give him his whole party, his wife, and uh, all of his clothing. None of them become tummy for the first seven days. The coin won't paskin on Shiloh. Paskin a Shiloh about a negatoras during that time. Unbelievable. The same is true on holidays. No snin low shibas you may have regal. So that's the First shita in this price uh, is that we give him extra space, and even on the regel, because of simchas yom tov, that we don't uh, we try and avoid um, having a, a coin pask and shilas. Rebbe Omer Enotzarich. I don't even need. Uh, I don't. I don't need all of this. This is uh, obvious to Rebbe. Harehu Omer v'tziva koinu pinuas sabayis. Says the Gemara. We already have a din in regards to negatzaras by a house that. Uh, we tell everyone in the house that before the Kohen comes, take all the furniture out because we know that the Torah writes that if you have nega tzaras on a bias, that the house and all of its contents will become tummy. Uh, well, all of a sudden, you can call a moving company to empty out the house. Yes, that's what the Gemara said. Of course you can. That's a sheet of Rebbe. And And if what you're saying, that is we uh, allow you to take out your dining room table in order to prevent it to, from becoming tummy when the Kohen comes to check on it, we waited a day, however long it took for you to empty out the house before the Negev Tzaras was checked by a Kohen. If we're willing to wait for something that isn't a mitzvah, all the more so for a chasen and for yom tov. I don't need uh, your limud. It's, it's not, that's not how we read the Pasuku of Yom Harospo. It says the Gemara, what's the difference between the shita of Rabbi Yehuda and the shita of Revi? Doesn't seem like very much. And that's, the, of course, the first answer. There's nothing real significant in regards to Psach It's the same. They both agree that both for Dvar Mitzvah and for Dvar Rishus, both agree that they're uh, that they are. It is permissible to push off the psak of a coin for taras, um, be, both in regards to the varushos and in regards to the varmatzvah. However, there is another approach here. The Rava Amar, two lines from the bottom of Zion base. We're going to go about seven eight lines down on Chesed Aleph, and then we'll stop. However, says the Gemara, the Rava Amar. There is in fact a machlokas about that which is a davar harushos. Okay, Rabbi Yehuda. Why doesn't Rabbi Huda learn like Rebbe? Rebbe's opinion was really clever. He looked at the Pasuk and Chumash and said, like, the Torah tells us that Upinu es habayis, that it's varashos is mutter. There's no mitzvah in taking stuff out of your house. So it's very clear from Rebbe's understanding of the Pasuk and Chumash that, that it's kind of hard to argue, like, yeah, if you can take the furniture out of the house before the Kohen comes under Paskin, of course, it's varashos is going to be mutter. So Rabbi Huda. How do you look at those psukim? Isn't that obvious? He says, from the case of a house with saras, and we tell them you have a date, you can't learn anything from there. He says, that's not normal. Normally, we don't have kalim um, in a house that become tummy if they're made out of wood. We don't have things that are things that are attached to the ground that become tummy. That doesn't normally happen. The whole din of a house having saras and all of the content of the house becoming tummy is a chiddush, and therefore you are not allowed to learn anything from there. Reb, you wanted to learn from there that the davar rishus is allowed to uh, to take place, uh, to push off, I should say, to push off the psak of a negatzaras. However, um, that's uh, not Rebbe, That's not Rebbe Huda's opinion. He says you can't learn anything from those psukim. After all, on top of chesem and to ha because a house is simply wood and stones. And in general, those don't become tamim. Yet here they do. So Rebbe doesn't allow for that. Rebbe says, no, you misunderstood. Rebbe Amar Yitzchrich, really we need, we need the Pasuk, even though there's an element of Chiddush, I agree with you, but we need all the Pasuk here. 
Ikas of Rachmana. If the Torah only wrote Uviyom Haros Bo, that just on the day of the Kohen, then have a mean of the Dvar Mitzvah in, that yes, the Kohen can push off his Psak for something that's a Dvar Mitzvah. But the Dvar Harish is slow, therefore, Kas of Rachmana Vitzipa Kohen, to make sure that we know that even a Dvar Rishos is going to be Mutter. Kas of Rachmana Vitzipa Kohen, if I only would have had the Pasuk of Vitzipa Kohen, so then, Havamina Hani in the Lav Tuma de And maybe only here do we have this leniency of the Barishos because it's not talking about Tuma of the Gufe, it's talking about Tuma of the Bais, of Al, Tuma de Gufe. But when we talk about a person as opposed to a house, his Tuma Saras, that he has to see it and you're not allowed to push off for any reasons at all. That's not correct. Therefore, uh, we, we do need all of the psukim in order for us to have our shita. So this second approach of Rava, which started two lines from the bottom, basically teaches us that there is, in fact, a machlokas between Rebbe, who's a, who allows for a dvarishos to push off the psak of a coin, and the shita of Rebbe Huda, who says that we can only push off for a dvar mitzvah, but not for a dvarishos. We'll stop right here at Amir Tzashem, pick up tomorrow with Davches, wishing you all a beautiful day.